You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Anne. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Well, you remember the show we did to kick off 2018 about the sorry state of funding women founders? Indeed, I do. That's not a pretty picture. So overall, in 2017, VCs invested less in women-led com- uh, startups than they had the year before. And that was definitely not in the right direction. So uh, in 2017, as I recall, women received $1.9 billion of the $85 billion total invested by venture capitalists. Um, that data was uh, coming from Fortune magazine. Uh, they said that, um, let's see, the women, all women teams got the $1.9 billion, which resulted in approximately 2% of that money. And then the mixed gender teams got 12%. So not good numbers. You might also remember that when we closed out that episode, you had a request. You pleaded with me for better news next time. And I think, I think I've got some. Oh, thank heavens. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. PitchBook, a company you, we are well familiar with, a yep. Seattle company that tracks every aspect of public and private equity markets, including venture capital, private equity, and M&A, has published a series of articles, I suspect very much in honor of International Women's Day, March, which was March 8th. Kate Clark, who's a venture capital writer, updated her research on women and funding, and she came up with more encouraging results than those dismal overall numbers. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Dismal indeed, right? Only 2%, remember. And, uh, you know, they've averaged under 17 for the last 12 years. So what's the good news? Well, when Kate Clark drilled down into the data from the top 10 cities around the U.S., she found that, in fact, funding to women-led companies increased in the last year as much as 47 and 48 percent in Seattle and Washington, D.C., respectively, and 517 percent in Chicago, which tells My me word. somebody got started in Chicago. They finally joined. <laughs> well, somebody got they, the yeah. message. All right. <laughs> got the message in Chicago. So while the percentage of venture capital going to women's startups in most of the top 10 cities kind of varied in the teens, you know, 10, 20 percent, mm. um, in Atlanta, the capital for women was 28% of all VC, and in Chicago was 32%. So these are small gains for sure. And the dollars remain discouragingly low, but it is a little bit of upward movement nonetheless. Absolutely. PitchBook also took a look at the number of deals firms made with founders since 2006, in other words, the last 12 years. And Two have funded more than 100 women founders each. Those would be New Enterprise Associates and Golden Seeds, both of whom have declared themselves to uh, have prioritized funding to women-led companies and diverse teams, uh, leading teams. Another 25 closed more than 50 deals each, including a number of marquee VC names, which you'll recognize from the Valley, and... Philly's own Ben Franklin Technology Partners. I just have to give them a shout out. Right. For those of you who haven't been listening in uh, for the last couple of sessions, Anne has moved now to the Philadelphia area. So we are now representing both sides of the United States here at Outlines Venture Group. And uh, so Anne is digging out metrics coming from the East Coast where we hadn't been so deeply uh, embedded before. So that's intriguing. Um, what, what else has PitchBook got for us on this? Well, they added yet another metric that expressed the percentage of deals by each VC firm to women-founded companies. And there were some surprising, surprising standouts. Golden Seeds made 128 deals for female-founded startups that represented 90% of their total investments. Talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Well, uh, Golden Seeds was one of the earliest, um, if you will, gender-focused uh, or, or gender-based investment groups. They were intentionally funding females. So, you know, shout out to them for being really early on that stage. And uh, Investor Circle did 68 deals with uh, women's companies, um, which was 40% of their capital invested. Again, the others hovered between 10 and 20% of their deals. Right, right. So these are fascinating things, and we will put uh, links in the, you know, to these PitchBook uh, reports as well as others on our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Uh, head in there, hit the like button so we know you were there, by the way, and that would be nice. And then uh, go find these things. You'll find links to all of these statistics and more. Um, so... You were. I, I interrupted you here, and I'm sorry. Tell me That's about okay. you know, these percentages and so on. I always like to hear about, remind people about our Facebook page. Um, but the percent of their deals, you know, were were much higher um, than the actual dollars. So mm-hmm. 
that kind of reveals a, a discouraging um, fact that while more women received funding, they received fewer dollars, which I just got to say, right. like David Byrne, same as it ever was. Right. <laughs> well, in some ways, yes. And we've been digging in a lot to this issue of the fact that women are funded, of course, less frequently. We're now seeing the frequency increasing. That's a good sign. Uh, but they get funded at lower valuations and they get funded with fewer dollars at those lower valuations and so on. So those things are discouraging as we hear them. We also have to take a look at the kind of deal flow that's coming and often we are told, again, it's about this pipeline problem, right? It's not now that they don't have enough female funder, uh, founders, but rather that the deals that would be those billion-dollar deals, the technology that's going to power the next big thing, the IoT, AI, blockchain, and so on, right? Those kinds of companies are not being founded by the women or by the diverse founding teams. They're still being founded by all male teams. So as we look at those things, we know that we have a ways to go in terms of you know getting to some serious equity uh, along this stuff but I do say that I find that again the women are asking for less and it isn't just that if you ask for more you'll get it but you must be building a company that both requires and if you will deserves more um, the women are not as frequently uh, founding those companies because they've been locked out and blocked out intentionally at much earlier stages. And, you know, you and I, Anne, can only solve the problem in certain ways and in certain places. We can't solve the generational problem at this point at the educational stage. But fortunately, I see people beginning to do that. And as we focus on women and STEM and not locking the girls out earlier, we hope that the next generation of companies will come come from both men and women. And of course, we hope that they will come from diverse founding teams and not just gender diversity, but diversity across the board. Because as I keep saying here, as Janice Mashala always says, it diversity is a proxy for being able to listen to and act on diverse ideas. It makes companies more resilient and it makes them able to acquire new markets more quickly. It's just you know, more heads are better in this case. <laughs> so, well, and, so. and I can just broaden that and generalize it, even universalize it for you. It's not just in this case, it's not just in funding and running businesses. It is universal that yes. diversity produces better outcomes. Because, That's right. And, That's and, right. uh, and homogeneity produces weaker outcomes, and that's just that's right. a given. And that's right. One if you have any doubts, take a look at the photographs of the Habsburgs. You, there you are. That much, you begin to look like a fish. And idiots. I mean, there were all kinds of problems, right? And, and and indeed, I always say again that a mutt is stronger than a thoroughbred. Right? They have longer lasting power, and they just are genetically stronger. Let's make genetically strong companies folks. All right. So, okay, um, so one of the things that um, has been often said, and it's often quoted by first round, the first round capital research that said that uh, women uh, led companies outperform male led startups by 63%. Now, as an aside, I'd like to say that uh, the uh, 122 deals first round made with women founders were a mere 10% of their total investments. Uh, so that's way, you know, half the 12 year average. But does that mean those 10% were outperforming the other 90%? You got to ask. But anyway, the point is uh, Pitchbook writer, another one, uh, Dana Ol Olson, recently began to ask the question 
whether women-founded companies in the data perform better. And this gets a little bit unnerving and a little bit scary because at first she found really disappointing news that women founders received lower median valuations than men and were acquired less often. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, come on, if they received Mm -hmm. less funding in the first place, they would have lower valuations, right? Am I missing something? Not really. And, um, you know, the the coin goes both ways. As, uh, As we look at it, the the women are fun founding companies that they can uh, get their heads around and get out of at a reasonable rate all the time, right? We talked about this a little bit last week. It was the fellow from Shark Tank who said that all of his profits, not some, but all of his profits of everything he's ever invested in and the Shark Tank uh, game here, right, was um, from female founded and or female operated companies. Now, that's a really harsh statement. If you look at that, uh, then people, you know, dig in, why is this so? And he said, I believe that the women um, have less hubris, essentially. I'm not quoting directly here, folks. You know, I'm not looking at a quote. So, um, but paraphrased, it was that the men looked at problems, you know, that were much, much bigger. They bit off way more than they could chew. They were quite sure of their ability to do all these things with very little money and very little time and very little expertise and so on. And the women were far more grounded. They chunked off what they could chew and they got it done. So he saw that there was this difference in pattern that was so stark that it was 100% of the profits. That's crazy. I don't think that that would be replicable across a a whole lot of uh, industries and a whole lot of investments. And remember, they do a lot of uh, product and uh, so on on Shark Tank and, you know, things you can touch and see. So that's quite different than uh, going into the technology sector. Nevertheless, this idea that you, um, you know, have learned from the get-go to make do with less, to promise less, to perform twice as well, right, and hope for as much, you know, uh, I don't know, gifting of grace, you know, from it and so on. It comes from birth onward. It is a very different experience to be male versus female on planet Earth in no, 2017. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right, so yeah. we need to take a break, uh, but when we come back, um, I want to share with you a couple other points that uh, Dana Olson found when she got a little deeper into uh, the research with more data points on this very topic. So this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. 
There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about venture capital and about women-founded companies, in particular, a barrage of research released by PitchBook over the last few months. Yep. Uh, so, Ann, uh, you know, who's well, doing I, anything about this? Well, before we get to that, I want to go back to wrapping up some of the other research, because remember, we were talking about... That's true. Uh, let's, let's cover that. Yeah, PitchBook writer Dana Olson, um, who did some deep dive research into whether, trying to answer the question, whether uh, women-founded companies actually do perform better. And first, she found that they came out with lower valuations. And if you use that as a measure of success, well, you know, and as you said, there are many, many reasons for that. She also suggested that there is an unconscious gender bias that plays a role in that investors give male-founded companies higher valuations overall. So put that thought in and aside for the moment. So she went back in adding four more data points um, on investor returns and time to exit and re-ran the numbers. And what she then found is that the median return on invested capital was less for women than men, but the median step-up valuation with more was more. So mm-hmm. what is that so tell define you? step up valuation for our listeners? Would you please? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it really has to do with the amount uh, you're adding time to the mix. Right. right. So that's the deal. And, um, it, it, you know, if I put in a hundred bucks in 2010 and I have to wait till 2020 to get it out, I have a 10 year run. Uh, now I have to amortize the capital that I might earn over those 10 years, including the cost of capital, because it has been tied up doing this investment, not some other investment. So I have to figure that out. If I get out in two or three years, it's different. That's what we're talking about. And at the uh, Sibylla mm-hmm. Masters Fund, right? I talk about better ways to get your money in and out. It isn't only about the unicorn, which is brilliant and wonderful, but unicorns are not being made in two and three years now. They're being made in an average of 11 to 15 or 16 years to begin with, which means you've got to tie up your capital for a long time and you only get to play the game a couple of times. At your age and mine, we get to play the game what? Once, twice, right? Right. Exactly. My point exactly. So if you're going to play this game as an investor, and really this show is for investors, you know, folks, listen up, figure out better ways to get your money in and out more quickly. If you doubled my money in two years, I'm a happy camper. 3x and 5, I'm still a happy camper. I don't need 100x unless, of course, you're going to tie my capital up for 10 to 15 years. So right along the same lines, which what Dana Olson also found out is that women founders generally had shorter times to exit or since 2010, they've had shorter times to exit. So uh, in 2017, women founders went from first funding to exit in fewer than four years, while the men took more than five. 
So the answers are mixed, and Olson concluded that other facts may make the data hard to quantify. First, the number of women founders in the sample is so much smaller than the number of men founded ones by, you know, a factor of six or seven X. And we know that men founders received nearly all of VC funds. And if we include women founders who built their companies on other sources of funding, the performance data would look very different since so many do succeed despite the lack of venture capital. With those unreported exit valuations, we can't get a definitive answer out of just the numbers from the VC world. So I would agree. We're not let, ready to let the guys off the hook yet, but rather than look for blame, if you will, um, or bad actors, I, I would say that we all, every one of us comes to the planet and everything on the planet uh, with our own biases. Uh, we look at it from what we experience, and that makes sense. So that's good. But um, just saying, you know, what has happened in venture capital has been quite good. We have funded an extraordinary amount of uh, companies that have moved the technology of the planet forward. It simply hasn't taken advantage of 100% of the opportunity. And that in itself is okay, too. If the existing venture capital structure continues to fund the software that powers the next big thing, then there is an opening in what we would call quiet fields. That's why we formed the Sibylla Masters Fund. It's so that we can look for either unicorns or really solid investments where others are not necessarily looking. It's different. It doesn't mean we won't fund anything in IoT, AI, and blockchain, right, and whatever comes next, but it does mean that we're looking at a much broader set of opportunities and that we're looking at better ways to get our money in and out based on today's requirements rather than the requirements of 1994 through 97 or 2000. And let's just repeat for uh, once, um, as we're talking about the Sibylla Masters Fund, which we have just launched, um, that our absolute defining requirement is? Oh, yes, that there is one woman in a position of strategic and operational control. We're not asking for all female founders. We're not asking for, you know, everybody must have a CEO as a female. This is a pretty small ask. So if you're founding a company and you're looking for that kind of capital and you have an interest in this particular fund, you must have at least one woman on that team. That's, That's right. not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're just pushing the numbers a little bit. But again, we do so based on the fact that the reports keep coming in that says that gender diverse as well as other diversities uh, right, will help your company more resilient and more proactive uh, acquiring new markets more quickly and efficiently. We do it because it's a good business. And we're not the only ones. Um, no. There is a not-so-quiet revolution among women going on. For starters, a group of Silicon Valley women VCs formed female office hours at which they meet founders to help them polish their pitches and business plans, i.e. their mentoring. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they've held office hours in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Boston. Uh, these are people who uh, work at venture capital companies. So this yes, is powerful stuff. Very. Yeah. And there is a, a heap more information about them at uh, femalefounder.org. And mm -hmm. then in Canada, I know you've uncovered a couple of really interesting things. 
That's right. Uh, there's the first all-female angel investor club that opened in, um, let's see, Victoria, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. And I spoke just recently with Nicole LeBlanc from uh, Toronto, who runs BDC Venture Fund, $180 million, 10 years old, and also chartered to source and fund all genders and technology. This fund boasts, I think, 50% or more uh, women founders. So significant um, you know, progress there. Uh, I also have talked to, uh, let's see, Senefer Mendoza of Mendoza Ventures, and she says, by our very name, we are an anomaly. She's right. How many Latin American, um, uh, you know, venture capital groups are you finding in the Northeast, you know, and so on? They come out of Boston. Um, they fund both men and women. And she says, yes, we have trouble sourcing uh, female founders. Absolutely. So I'm helping her to find some of them. But again, many are not ready. Many have not had the advisory services that the guys have had access to. And she sees the same. And she also tells me, I feel like I'm doing this in the darkness all alone. So one of the things we're doing uh, in 2018 is getting together those female funders. And that's pretty exciting, too. Next wave capital down in uh, Silicon Valley, set up a group in which uh, nine women invested 100000 and went out to the cities of their respective places of uh, origin to find nine more. And each one of those would put in only 10000 a year for three years. And when you put it all together, you end up with a couple of million dollars worth of uh, fund. I think it's mm-hmm. a $3 million fund. So they're still reasonably at the angel stage, although you could say early VC, but hopefully again over the years, this will expand and grow and you'll have a much more significant fund over time so we're finding some uh, you know lots of points of light arlen hamilton in los angeles um, is a black um, gay a woman who wanted to be a uh, an apprentice at the traditional VC groups and applied to many and was rebuffed by all. So she made her own circle. She owns Backstage Capital and is kicking butt and taking names. She's doing quite well and we're excited to see where her portfolios go. She's uh, raising her fund as well now and is active, not just here, but being acknowledged around the world. So I'm excited to watch her trajectory. And we need to take a quick break for our sponsors right now. And when we come back, we have a couple of hot tips about how women can begin to um, make a different, make even more of a difference in these disappointing numbers. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. 
Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy, and we've got a few tips as we close up this show today talking about gender equity in funding. So, so the, the first one I have came from um, another uh, link from the PitchBook recent uh, uh, list that they put up to celebrate uh, International Women's Day, and all these links will be on our Facebook page. Um, one of the practical notes came from a fellow, uh, a doctoral fellow at Columbia University called Dana Kanzi, and she reported that what her research revealed about gender bias um, and how to combat it had a lot to do with uh, debasing the notion that everything would be hunky-dory if only VCs hired more women. Right. It right. turns out they tend to identify with their male uh, VC partners and act in concert with them. So how did she come to this disappointing conclusion? At Columbia, she learned about regulatory bias, and that has nothing to do with, with bureaucrats um, in government, and it has everything to do with the Q&A that follows a pitch. It turns out there are two kinds of questions, preventive questions and promotional questions. And guess what? Women get asked the preventive questions and men the promotional. For example, a man might be asked, how will you grow your customer base? While a woman is likely to be asked, how will you retain the customers you have? Get the difference? Do you see how the first mm -hmm. is growth-oriented and optimistic, while the second is limiting and pessimistic? So which would you rather invest in? So. How'd she do this? Cairns evaluated all the pitches from TechCrunch Disrupt in New York, and more importantly, all the Q&A. And she used both automated and manual methods to uh, find promotional language or preventive words. And at the end of the day, she found out that just what I said, the men were routinely asked promotional questions and the women preventive ones and the women VCs on the judging panels were just as likely to do so as the men. So the antidote, and here's the tip, the hot tip, is to answer a preventive question with a promotional answer. In other words, reframing it in larger, more optimistic ways. And actually, it's a really good tip for taking control of a situation anytime. But of course, first you have to be aware it's happening. Absolutely. Um, and again, it's, how should I say, it saddens us to say that this exists and that we have to learn these tactics to get to the next stage and so on. Nevertheless, 
the reality is the playing field and getting past it for all of us, both the people asking the questions and the people answering them. We have to move things in the right direction. And so when the interviewee, the founder, uh, does take control, it helps to uh, kind of present to the questioners uh, what is going on with them. So that really does help over time. Yeah, so, the, um, the, the point she said is that there is, as you're saying, Jillian, a built-in stereotype that women will be less successful, and yes. so they receive less investment. And this mm-hmm. creates a vicious cycle that makes it harder the, for them to succeed, and it also skews the stats on women founders' performance, as we've seen. So bottom yes. line. As with every bias, both women and men investors need to acknowledge the biases and actively seek to overcome them. So that's my first hot tip. VCs, both men and women, need to be aware of unconscious bias when it rears its ugly head and seek to look beyond it when making investment decisions. Makes good sense to me. Um, We have a couple of final tips uh, before we close up here, Anne. Um, The the networks that support each other in terms of the women investors, the women founders, uh, the networks of people who are supporting all of the above, these things are critical to the success of founders, right? The, the founder experience is pretty darn tough. It's a dark road. And we've read a lot about that over the years from depression to, you know, just, just the hard slog, right? But what makes it possible to get through and what makes it reasonable to, you know, really build these wonderful monstrous companies and to get out the other side are are those peer mentors, uh, mentors from the next stage up, advisors, which are different than mentors. The mentor helps you as a the CEO, as a person, as a professional uh, entity and so on. The other will be advising your company and on your movement. And sometimes there is an overlap, of course, right? And then finally, it's connections to the people that matter. And that would be the venture capitalists, the bankers, the accountants, the attorneys, the M&A people. Uh, those would be uh, partners and um, vendors and suppliers as well as your customers. When you have those networks, you are more likely to succeed. So as we move back to the investors, we're saying, investors, let's get together. So again, we'll have more about that in future uh, podcasts, uh, but we will be gathering the female investors as well as the uh, fund managers, and we will be asking the men to join us too. Absolutely, because we women are the community builders. It's hardwired into us, I think, for uh, ever since there have been women. So uh, groups, and that's why we see groups of women investor networks rising around the country. This should come naturally, and that's because that's who we are. That is who we are. Okay, that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page, CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you would like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next time.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.